Welcome to Stories from Among the Stars. You're listening to A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin, narrated by Amy Landon. Chapter 3 Within each cell is a bloom of chemical fire. Deceased's name, committed to the earth, sun, shall burst into a thousand flowers, as many as their breaths in life. And we shall recall their name, their name and the name of their ancestors. And in those names the people gathered here let blood bloom also from their palms, and cast this chemical fire as well into the earth, sun. Takes Kalanli's standard funeral oration, partial, modeled on the eulogy for the Azwazwakat to Amaranth, earliest attested date, Second indiction of the Emperor of All Takes Kalan, Twelve Solar Flare. Static. Repeat. Lost all attitudinal control. I'm tumbling. Unknown energy weapon. I have fire in the cockpit. Garbled. Garbled. Expletive. Black. Black ships. They're fast. They're holes in the. Expletive. Void. No stars. There's. Garbled. Can't. Expletive. More of them! Sound of scream for 0.5 seconds, followed by roaring sound. Presumed explosive decompression for 1.8 seconds before loss of signal. Last transmission of LaSalle pilot Arag Chattel on reconnaissance at Sector Edge, 242nd day, third year, 11th indictment. Takes Kalanli reckoning, reign of six direction. This time, Mahid approached the judiciary complex on foot, three seagrass and twelve azalea walking in an ever-shifting pattern around her. She felt like a hostage, or someone who was worried about political assassination, both of which were too close to accurate for her to be particularly sanguine. Besides, she was on her way to break into a morgue, or help someone with legitimate access to the morgue bring people without that access inside. Either way, she was being political. She wished she had better instructions from the stationer council as to just how she should be political. The majority of her instructions after find out what happened to Iskander Agavin were on the order of do a good job, advocate for our citizens, try to keep the takes Kalanli from annexing us if the subject arises. She'd gotten the impression that about half the council particularly Aknel Amnardbat, the counselor for heritage, which tended to take diplomacy and cultural preservation within its purview, had been hoping she'd like takes Kalanli culture just enough to enjoy her assignment and dislike it sufficiently to discourage further cultural interpenetration into stationer art and literature. The other half of the council, led by Councillor Tarats for the miners and Councillor Anchu for the pilots, what Mahit thought of as the practical half of LaSalle's six-person governing board, and so much for Aknel Amnardbat's hopes for her, really, had harped on keep the empire from annexing us and also continue to make sure we are the prime source of molybdenum, tungsten, and osmium, not to mention information and travel access to the Anhamamic Gate. Was, my predecessor has been murdered, and I suspect I am involving myself in an under-table investigation in order to protect stationer technology, a case of 
try to keep the Texcalanli from annexing us? Yaskander would have known, or at least have had a strident opinion. The part of the city which contained the imperial government was enormous and old, shaped like a six-pointed star, sectors for east, west, north, and south, and two more, sky, extending out between north and east, and earth, pointing out from the middle of the south and west. Each sector was composed of needle-sharp towers, jammed full of archives and offices, tied together by multi-leveled bridges and archways. Stacked courtyards hung in midair, between the more populated towers, their floors translucent or inset with sandstone and gold. At the center of each was a hydroponic garden, with photosynthesizing plant life floating in standing water. The unbelievable luxuries of a planet. The flowers in the hydroponic gardens seemed to be color-coded. As they moved closer to the judiciary, their petals shaded redder and redder, until the center of each courtyard looked like a pool of iridescent blood. And Mahit caught sight of the building that had been her first destination, a practically unthinkable number of hours earlier that morning. Twelve Azalea brushed a burnished green metal plate next to the door with his index finger, tracing a sweeping figure that Mahit thought might have been a calligraphic signature. She caught the glyph for flower hidden in the middle of it, and his name written out would have flower along with one of the glyphs for twelve and some adjustment for the type of flower. The doors to the judiciary hissed open. When three seagrass raised her hand to touch the plate too, twelve azalea caught her around the wrist. Just come inside, he said under his breath, shooing them both through and letting the door seal shut behind them. You'd think you'd never snuck in anywhere before. We have legal access, three seagrass hissed. And besides, we're on the city's visual record. Which our host doesn't want us to associate with his access, Mahit said pointedly, just loud enough to be heard. Exactly, said Twelve Azalea. And if we get to the point that someone is scraping city audiovisual for who went into the judiciary today, we have such bigger problems, Reed. Mahit sighed. Get on with it. Take us to my predecessor. Three Seagrass's mouth compressed into a thin, considering line, and she slipped back to walk at Mahit's left shoulder while Twelve Azalea led them underground. The morgue looked the same. The air was chill and smelled forcibly clean, like it was being churned through purifiers. The explanatal, or Twelve Azalea, after he was done investigating, had covered Yaskander's corpse with the sheet. Mahit was abruptly consumed with crawling dread. The last time she'd stood here, her imigo had sent up terrible flares of emotion and endocrine system hormones and then vanished and she'd come back anyway. A nasty flicker of sabotage reoccurred. Was this room somehow inimical? Did she want the room to be inimical so that the sabotage could not be either her own failure or from someone on LaSalle? Twelve Azalea peeled the sheet down again, revealing the dead face of Yaskander Agavin. Mahit came close. She tried to see the corpse as a material shell, 
a physical problem of the present world, instead of something which had housed a person like she housed a person, the same person. Twelve Azalea pulled on a pair of sterile surgical gloves and gently lifted the corpse's head, turning it in his hands so the back of its neck faced Mahit, hiding the largest of the preservative injection sites, the one in the great veins of the throat. The corpse moved like something fresher than three months dead, supple and floppy. It's quite difficult to see, a very small scar, he said, but if you press down at the top of the cervical spine, I'm sure you'll feel the aberration. Mahit reached out and pressed her thumb into the hollow of Yaskander's skull, directly between the tendons. His skin was rubbery, too much give, and the wrong kind. The small imigo scar was a tiny irregularity under the pad of her thumb. Beneath it was the unfolded architecture of the imigo machine, a firmness as familiar as the skull bones themselves. Her own was identical. She used to rub her thumb against it while she was studying. She hadn't done that since the imigo machine containing five years of Yaskander's experience had been surgically installed inside her. It wasn't one of his habitual gestures, and it was a tell outside of the station, and so she'd let it dissolve into the new combined person they were supposed to be becoming. Yes, she said. I feel it. Well, then, Twelve Azalea smiled. What do you think it is? She could tell him. If he had been three seagrass, she might have. An impulse she knew was dangerous, even as she felt it. There was no appreciable safety in confession to one takes Kalanitzlem over another, not after a single day. But she was desperately alone, without Yaskander, and she wanted. It's certainly not organic, she said, but he's had it for a long time. A sidestep. She needed to get through this unwise bit of corpse handling and back to her rooms and shut a door and deal with wanting friends. A person wasn't friends with takes Kalanli citizens. A person especially wasn't friends with a secretim. The both of them were information ministry. I never heard of him having spinal surgery, said Three Seagrass. Not in all the time he was here. Not for epilepsy or anything else. Would you have noticed? Asked Mahid. With the amount of time he spent at court? He was very visible, your predecessor. If he disappeared for a week, someone would have commented that his majesty must be missing him. Really? said Mahid. I did mention he was a political man, Twelve Azalea said. So you'd say the medal was, perhaps, inserted before he became ambassador. And what does it do? Three Seagrass said. I am far more intrigued by that possibility than when it was installed, Pedal. Does the ambassador know such technical matters? Twelve Azalea said, lightly. Teasingly, Mahid thought, perhaps even insultingly. He was baiting her. The ambassador, she said, gesturing to herself, is not a medical practitioner nor an explanatal, and could not possibly explain the neurological effects of such a device in any detail. 
But it is neurological, said Three Seagrass. Twelve Azalea said, it's in his brainstem, as if that was a sufficient answer. And it is certainly not Tex Kalonli. No explanatal would adjust the functioning of a person's mind in such a way. Don't be insulting, said Three Seagrass. If non-citizens want to stuff their skulls with metal, it is their own business, unless they plan to become citizens. The ambassador was certainly involved with the functioning of Tex Kalan, Reed. You know that. It's practically why you applied to be this new one's liaison. So it does matter that he had some kind of neurological enhancement. I am entirely fascinated by this information, Mahid said pointedly, and then cut herself off as both three seagrass and twelve azalea abruptly straightened and composed their faces to formal stillness. Behind Mahid, the morgue door opened with a shallow hiss. She turned around. Coming toward them was a takes Kalanli woman, dressed entirely in bone white, trousers and many-layered blouse, and a long asymmetrical jacket. The planes of her face were dark bronze, her cheekbones wide, her nose knife-like over a wide and narrow-lipped mouth. Her soft leather boots were soundless on the floor. Mahit thought she was the most beautiful Teixcalanli woman she'd ever seen, which likely meant that she was mediocre to ugly by local standards. Too slight, too tall, all dimension in the face, in the nose, and difficult to look away from. She catches all the light in the room and bends it around herself. That didn't feel like Mahit's own observation. It had floated up in her mind, the way an imigo-born skill would, like knowing how to gesture like it takes Kalanlitzlem, or do multivariable calculus, perfectly natural, and perfectly alien to Mahit's own experiences. She wondered if Yaskandra had known this woman, and was again angry that he wasn't here to ask, that he'd absented himself when she needed him, left nothing but these shreds of thought, brief impressions. Three Seagrass stepped forward and lifted her hands in precise, formal greeting, her fingertips just touching, and bowed deeply. The newcomer did not bother to return the gesture. How unexpected, she said. Here I thought I'd be the only one coming to visit the dead at this hour of night. She did not seem perturbed. May I present the new ambassador from Lesselle Station, Mahit Dismar, Three Seagrass said, using the highest formal construction of the phrase, as if they were all standing in the emperor's receiving hall instead of a sub-basement of the judiciary. My condolences on the loss of your predecessor, Mahit, said the woman in white with perfect sincerity. No one else in the city had called Mahit by her given name without considerable prompting. She felt suddenly exposed. Her Excellency, the Azwazwakat 19 adds, Three Seagrass went on, and then murmured, whose gracious presence illuminates the room like the edge shine of a knife. One 15-syllable-long participial phrase in Tex Kalanli, as if the woman in white came with her own pre-made poetic epithet. Perhaps she did. The Azwazwa Katlim were the emperor's sworn confidants, his closest advisors and table companions. Millennia ago, when the Tex Kalanli had been planet-bound, 
the Izwazwa Katlim had also been his personal war band. It was, according to the histories available on LaSalle, a less violent title in recent centuries. Mahit was not so sure of less violent, considering the epithet. She bowed. I am grateful for your excellency's sympathies, she said, during the process of bending from the waist and getting upright again, and then pulled herself straight, imagined herself as someone who could loom, perhaps even loom over unfashionably tall, takes Kalanlitzlem with dangerous titles, and asked, what brings a person of your responsibilities to, as you said, visit the dead? I liked him said 19 ads, and I heard you were going to burn him. She came closer. Mahit found herself standing elbow to elbow with her, looking down at the corpse. 19 ads straightened out Yaskander's head from how it had been turned and pushed back his hair from his forehead with gentle and familiar hands. Her signet ring glinted on her thumb. You've come to say goodbye, Mahit said implying the doubt she genuinely felt. And his Zwazwa cat did not need to sneak around like a common ambassador and her miscreant Asecretim companions, not to look at a corpse. She had some other reason. Something had shifted for her when Mahit had arrived, or when Mahit had informed the Explanatal that Yaskander's body should be burned. She had expected that the presence of a new ambassador would certainly set off some political maneuvering. She wasn't an idiot. But she hadn't thought the ripples of disturbance would reach as high as the emperor's inner circle. Yaskander, she thought. What were you trying to do here? Never goodbye, 19 ads said. She looked at Mahit sidelong, a brief gap of smiling white visible between her lips. How impolite to imagine a permanent farewell for such a distinctive person, let alone a friend. Were her hands, so careful on the corpse's flesh, looking for the same imago machine 12 Azalea had noticed? She could be implying that she knew all about the imago process. Perhaps she imagined she was even talking to Yaskander inside Mahit's body. Too bad for the Azwazwa cat that he wasn't hearing her, too bad for my heat, too. You've certainly picked an unusual hour for it, Mahit said, as neutrally as she could manage. Certainly no more unusual than you, and with such fascinating company. I assure your excellency, Twelve Azalea broke in, that, that I have brought my cultural liaison and her fellow Asecreta here to be witnesses in a LaSalle ritual of personal mourning. Mahit said. You have, said 19 ads. Behind her, three seagrass gave Mahit a look which clearly expressed, despite fundamental cultural differences in habitual facial expressions, a chagrined admiration of her nerve. I have, Mahit said. How does it work? 19 ads inquired in the most formal and delicately polite mode Mahit had ever heard someone use out loud. Perhaps when Mahit received a 15-syllable poetic epithet of her own, it would involve following through on initial poor ideas. It's a vigil, she said, 
inventing as she went. The successor attends the body of her predecessor for a full half-rotation of the station, nine of your hours, in order to commit to memory the features of the person she will become, before those features are rendered to ash. Two witnesses to the vigil are required, which is why I have brought along three seagrass and twelve azalea. After the vigil, the successor consumes whatever of the burnt remains she desires to keep. As imaginary rituals went, it wasn't a bad one. Mahit might have even liked to have such a ceremony done as part of the integration process with an imigo. If she ever went back to LaSalle, she might even suggest it. Not that it would have made a difference for her. Wouldn't a holograph do just as well? 19 ads inquired. Not to disparage your culture's habitus. I am merely curious. Mahit just bet she was. The physicality of the actual corpse adds verisimilitude, she said. Twelve Azalea made a small, choked noise. Verisimilitude, he repeated. Mahit nodded with solemnity. Apparently she was trusting the Asakra Tim after all, or at least trusting them to not break character. Her heart was racing. Nineteen ads glanced with undisguised delight between her and three seagrass, who looked entirely composed aside from the wideness of her eyes. Mahit was sure that the entire invention was about to come crashing down around her. At least she was already inside the judiciary. If the Izwazwa cat decided to arrest her, there wasn't all that far to go. Yuskander never mentioned such a thing, 19 Ad said. But he was always reticent about death on LaSalle. It's usually much more private than this, said Mahit, which was only partially a lie. Death was private, except for where it was the beginning of the most intimate contact two people could have. Nineteen ads pulled the covering sheet midway up the corpse's chest, smoothed it once, and stepped away. You're so little like him, she said. Perhaps the same sense of humor, but that's all. I'm surprised. Are you? Very. Not all takes Kalanli are the same either. Nineteen ads laughed, a single sharp sound. No, but we come in types. You're a secreta here, for example. She's the precise model of the order diplomat Eleven Lathe, except a woman, and too thin through the chest. Ask her. She'll recite his entire oeuvre for you, even the parts where he unwisely got involved with barbarians. Three seagrass gestured with one hand, the motion both rueful and flattered. I didn't think your excellency had been paying attention, she said. Never think that, three seagrass, said nineteen ads. Mahit couldn't quite tell if she meant to be threatening. It might just be how she said everything. I am fascinated to meet you, Mahit, she went on. I'm sure this won't be the last time. I'm sure. You ought to return to your vigil, don't you think? I sincerely wish you a joyous union with your predecessor. Mahit felt quite near to hysterical laughter. I wish that also for myself, she said. You honor Yaskander with your presence. Nineteen ads seemed to be having some sort of complex internal reaction to that idea. 
Mahit wasn't familiar enough with Tix Kalanli facial expressions to decipher hers. Good night, Mahit, she said. A secret Tim. She turned on her heel and walked out as unhurriedly as she'd come in. Once the door was shut behind her, Three Seagrass asked, How much of that was true, Ambassador? Some of it, Mahit said wryly. The end bit, where she wished me a joyous union and I agreed, that part absolutely. She paused, mentally gritted her teeth, and got on with it. I appreciate your participation, both of you. It's quite unusual for an Azwazwa cat to be in the morgue, said Three Seagrass, especially her. I wanted to see what you'd do, Twelve Azalea added. Interrupting you would have ruined the effect. I could have told her the truth, Mahit said. Here I am, new to the city, being led astray by my own cultural liaison and a stray courtier. Twelve Azalea folded his hands together in front of his chest. We could have told her the truth, he said. Her friend, the dead ambassador, has mysterious and probably illegal neurological implants. How nice for us that everyone lies, Three Seagrass said cheerfully. Cultural exchange by mutually beneficial deception, said Mahit. She lifted one shoulder in a shrug. It won't stay mutually beneficial for long, said Twelve Azalea, unless we three make an agreement to keep it so. I still want to know what this implant does, Ambassador. And I want to know what my predecessor was doing being friends with Her Excellency, the Azwazwa Cat, and also the Emperor himself. Three Seagrass slapped both her hands down on the morgue table, one on each side of the corpse's head. Her rings clicked on the metal. We can trade truths just as well as lies, she said. One from each of us, for a pact. That is out of eleven lathe, Twelve Azalea said. The truth pact between him and the sworn band of aliens in Book Five of Dispatches from the Numinous Frontier. Three Seagrass did not look embarrassed, though Mahit thought she might have reason to. Allusions and references were the center of Tix Kalanli high culture. But were they supposed to be so obvious that any one of your old friends could pick up the precise citation? Not that she'd read Dispatches from the Numinous Frontier. It wasn't a text that had ever reached LaSalle Station. It sounded like one which probably hadn't gotten past the Tix Kalanli censors. Religious texts, or texts that could be read as statecraft manuals, or unsanitized accounts of Tix Kalanli diplomacy or warfare, rarely did. Nineteen ads isn't wrong about me, Three Seagrass said, serenely enough. It worked for eleven lathe, it'll work for us. One truth each, Mahit said, and we keep each other's secrets. Fine, said Twelve Azalea. He shoved a hand backward through his slicked down hair, disarraying it. You first, Reed. Why me first, Three Seagrass said. You're the one who got us into this. Her first, then. Mahit shook her head. I hardly know the rules of truth packs, she said not being a citizen, and never having the pleasure of reading Eleven Lathe. So you'll have to demonstrate. You're really enjoying that, aren't you? Said Three Seagrass, 
when you can make a point of being uncivilized. Mahit was, in fact. It was the only enjoyable part about being alone and alternately entranced and terrified by being surrounded by Tixkalan Litzlem, who up until today had been both much less upsetting and much more approachable by virtue of primarily appearing in literature. She shrugged at three seagrass. How could I be anything but distressed at the great distance which separates me from a Tixkalanli citizen? Exactly like that, Three Seagrass said. Fine, I'll go first. Petal, ask me. Twelve Azalea tipped his head slightly to the side, as if he was considering. Mahit was almost sure he'd already come up with his question and was delaying for effect. Finally, he asked, Why did you request to be Ambassador Desmar's cultural liaison? Oh, unfair, Three Seagrass said. Clever and unfair. You're better at this game than you used to be. I'm older than I used to be and less awestruck by your charms. Now go on, tell a truth. Three Seagrass sighed. Vainglorious personal ambition, she began, ticking off her reasons on her fingers, beginning with the thumb. Genuine curiosity about the former ambassador's rise to the highest favor of his majesty. Your station is very nice, but it is quite small, Mahit. There is no sensible reason for the emperor's attention to have come so firmly upon your predecessor's shoulders. However nice the shoulders, and... Mm. She paused. The hesitation was dramatic, but Mahit suspected it was also genuine. All the embarrassment that had been lacking in three seagrass earlier was now visible in the set of her chin, and how she avoided everyone's eyes, even those of the corpse. And I like aliens. You like aliens? Twelve Azalea exclaimed, delighted, at the same time as Mahit said, I'm not an alien. You're pretty close, Three Seagrass said, ignoring Twelve Azalea entirely. And human enough that I can talk to you, which makes it even better. Now, it is absolutely no longer my turn. Clearly, Three Seagrass hadn't wanted to admit that in front of another member of the Information Ministry. And Mahit could almost imagine why. To like, in the sense of having a preference for, persons who weren't civilized. It was practically admitting to being uncivilized herself. Never mind how it was also suggestive. That verb was distressingly flexible. Mahit would think about it later. She decided to be merciful and go on with her part of the game and leave three seagrass alone. Twelve Azalea, she said. What was my predecessor's political situation directly before his death? That's not a truth. That's a university thesis, Twelve Azalea said. Narrow it down to something I know, Ambassador. Mahid clicked her tongue against the roof of her mouth. Something you know. Something only he knows, Three Seagrass suggested, for parody. Truthfully, Mahid said, choosing each word carefully. What have you to gain? from knowing what sort of implants the LaSalle Station Ambassador has in his brainstem or anywhere else.
Someone murdered him and I want to know why, Twelve Azalea said. Oh, don't look so shocked, Ambassador. As if you weren't thinking the same thing yourself, no matter what Reed and the Explanatal told you this morning, I know better. It's all over your face. You barbarians can't hide a thing. Someone murdered an ambassador, and no one was admitting it. Even information isn't talking about it, and I do have some medical training. I was almost an explanatal once, so I thought I'd be the best possible candidate to find out why the court was covering it up, especially if the cover-up came from science rather than judiciary. Ten Pearl in Science has been feuding with two Rosewood for years. That's the Minister of Science and our Minister for Information, Three Seagrass murmured, quite imigo-like in her adroit filling in of information. Twelve Azalea nodded, waved a hand for quiet, and went on. I got myself assigned to this investigation to make sure Ten Pearl wasn't pulling one over on information. And I came down here and investigated on my own because Explanatal Four Lever was annoyingly above board. And I still didn't know why the ambassador was dead. Finding the implant was chance. Now that I've enticed you down here, I think the one is connected to the other, but that's hardly where I started. He shook out his sleeves, set his palms flat on the table. And now, it's my turn to ask. Mahit braced herself. She was more prepared to tell the truth. She was even predisposed to confess just now with the relief of Twelve Azalea admitting that Yaskander had been murdered coming close on the heels of three seagrass being so publicly embarrassed, being so untexcalanly and recognizingly human. She was falling into the texcalanly patterns now, dividing everyone into civilized and uncivilized, except inverse, backward. She was as human as they were. They were as human as she was. She'd tell some of the truth then when Twelve Azalea inevitably asked, and deal with the consequences afterward. It was better than making a blanket decision that no one could be trusted because they were takes Kalanli. What an absurd premise. From someone who'd spent their whole childhood wishing she could be an imperial citizen, if only for the poetry. What does the implant do, Ambassador? Hey, Yaskander, Mahid thought reaching for the silence where the imago should be. Watch me. I can commit sedition, too. It makes a record, she said. A copy. A person's memories and their patterns of thought. We call it an imago machine because it makes an imago, a version of the person that outlives their body. His is probably useless now. He's dead, and it's been recording brain decay for three months. If it wasn't useless, Three Seagrass said carefully, what would you do with it? I wouldn't do anything. I'm not a neurosurgeon or an explanatal of any kind. But if I was, I'd put the imago inside someone, and nothing Yaskander had learned in the last 15 years would ever be lost. That's obscene, Twelve Azalea said. A dead person taking over the body of a living one? No wonder you eat your corpses. Try not to be insulting, Mahit snapped. It's not a replacement. It's a combination. 
There aren't that many of us on LaSalle Station. We have our own ways of preserving what we know. Three seagrass had come around the table, and now she laid two fingers on the outside of Mahit's wrist. The touch felt shockingly invasive. Do you have one? She asked. Truth-packed time is over, Three Seagrass, Mahit said. Guess, would my people send me to the jewel of the world without one? I could present convincing arguments for both options. That's what you're for, aren't you? Both of you. Mahit knew she should stop talking. Emotional outbursts weren't appropriate in Teixcalanli culture and were a sign of immaturity in her own. And yet she wasn't stopping. All the helpful, mitigating voices she ought to have had with her were silent anyhow. You, a secretim, convincing arguments and oratory and truth packs. Yes, said Three Seagrass. That's what we are for. And information extraction and getting our charges out of unfortunate or incriminating situations, which this is becoming. Are we done here, Petal? Did you get what you wanted? Part of it, said Twelve Azalea. Good enough. Let's go back to your quarters, Mahit. She was being gentle, which was... There was no part of that which was good. Mahit took her wrist back, stepped away from her. Don't you want to extract more information? Yes, of course, Three Seagrass said, as if saying so didn't matter. But I've also got professional integrity. She does, Twelve Azalea added. It's infuriating, occasionally. Likes aliens or not, Reed is really quite a conservative at heart. Good night, Petal, Three Seagrass said, sharp and Mahit was not proud of how grateful she was to know she wasn't the only person rattled. The message box had filled up with info fiche sticks again by the time Three Seagrass had led Mahit back to her quarters. Mahit looked at them with a dull and inevitable sense of despair. In the morning, she said, I'm going to sleep. Just this one, Three Seagrass said. She held up an ivory stick, set with a golden seal. It was probably real ivory from some butchered large animal. Sometime earlier, Mahit might have been offended or intrigued or both. Now she waved a hand at it. If you must. Three seagrass snapped it open, and it spilled its holographs in pale gold light all over her hands, reflecting off the cream and red and orange of her suit. Her Excellency, the Azwazwa cat, wants to meet with you at your earliest convenience. Of course she did. Of course she'd have an info fiche stick made out of an animal. She was suspicious and smart, and she knew Yaskander, and she'd been prevented from getting what she wanted in the morgue. So she'd try to get it another way. Do I have a choice? Mahit asked. No, don't answer that. Tell her yes. Yaskander's bed smelled like nothing, or like takes Kalanli soap, an empty smell with just the suggestion of mineral water. It was wide and had too many blankets. Curled up in it, Mahit felt as if she was a collapsing point at the center of the universe, sinking in on herself in recursions. 
She didn't know what language she was thinking in. The starfield art above the bed glimmered in the dark. It was gauche. And she missed Yaskander. And she wanted to be angry with someone who would understand how she was angry. And the jewel of the world made the small, settling noises of any city around her outside the window. Sleep hit her like a gravity well. And she gave in. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow Stories from Among the Stars on your preferred podcast app to get the next episode. Or if you just can't wait, you can buy the audiobook of A Memory Called Empire wherever books or audiobooks are sold. We hope you're enjoying this season. Please tell us what you think by filling out a quick survey with your feedback. Just go to bit.ly slash surveys from among the stars. That's bit.ly slash surveys from among the stars. Thank you.